Welcome to Real Christianity, a weekly show designed to help Christians know their Bible, defend their faith, and truly understand what it means to follow Jesus. The premise is simple. The culture is getting louder. The church is getting flashier, but few pastors are teaching on how to live a biblical life. My name is Dale Partridge, along with my incredible wife, Veronica. Join us as we start an important conversation about what it really means to be a Christian. Welcome to Real Christianity. Today we are answering two questions. Two questions. We try to do this at least once a month where we answer questions that are coming in. Um, sometimes I'll put something out on Instagram. And actually that one time I did, I got like 300 questions. And so I still oh, reference that. I told that you. Back. I was like, you're going to get blown up. Be careful. <laughs> so these are two of them that I think are consistent like lots of people ask these questions yeah we generally try and answer the questions that people ask us the most yeah so today we're going to be answering a question on how to stay consistent in your prayer and quiet time and then also answering a question for the singles how do you make it through being single and any tips on kind of making it being single if you want to be married Mm -hmm. and so we're going to get both of those today and uh, I'm going to hit the first one. Veronica is going to hit the second one. Veronica does uh, also add her opinion on the first one once I'm through the beginning of it. So let's start off and um, read these questions. You know what we forgot to do the last episode? Is to mention, if you guys haven't left a review yet, I'm so good at that. And I always forget, <laughs> or I never forget to do that. Anyways, before we jump into this, guys, if you have not left a review of the podcast, would you do that? Um, the reviews really do help the exposure of the show. Uh, iTunes puts it in their algorithm. And we have, I think, almost 3,000 reviews at this point at a 4.9 star, um, I guess, average is what it is. And um, if you guys would leave a review, you just tap the stars. You don't even need to write anything. But if you just tap the stars, it would just mean a lot. You could also find these podcasts on our website now at relearnchurch.org forward slash listen. You can get all the information about our podcast, the video, the audio, the notes, the scripture references, all that is available at the website. You could also find the links to Google Play, to Spotify, and other places that you can listen to the show. Okay, now we can go. All right. First question. How do I stay focused on building my relationship with God? I find myself being inconsistent in my prayer time and quiet time. Any tips on how I can get better at this? Well, first off, welcome to the problem that many Christians have dealt with. Um, I think the answer that I'm going to offer is hopefully, at least for my own journey and your journey on this. Um, let's start with Galatians. I'm going to give you a couple scriptures to start off with. Galatians 5.17. It says, For the desires of the flesh are against the spirit, and the desires of the spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things that you want to do. That's kind of a crazy passage, right? Go like my flesh and my spirit are at war is what it's teaching. And they're against each other. So true. 
I can think of just so many circumstances <laughs> in life. Like, Lord, why did you make me this this way? And it's like he's, he wants us to choose to follow him. Mm-hmm. And and so to choose to, to walk in the spirit. And so your flesh is never going to want to do your quiet time. That's not a thing that your flesh is going to desire to go sit in the word of God or to submit yourself in prayer. That's not something that your flesh is going to want to do. So don't expect your flesh to want to do that. Especially when you're just starting out. Especially then, yeah. Mm-hmm. But your flesh is... In my opinion, your flesh is never going to want to do it. It's your spirit that starts to put your subje- your flesh into subjection that you can start really enjoying and having a discipline doing that. But you're right. In the beginning, you're still learning how to put your flesh into subjection of your spirit. Mm-hmm. It's a maturity, I guess, that, mm-hmm. that it goes with. Um, and uh, our flesh's desire is laziness. Mm-hmm. Passivity. Convenience. Comfort. Works for you. Pleasure. That That's the things that our flesh wants, not disciplined, focused time with God where you're going to submit to the hard things of scripture. And we live in a culture that glorifies busyness. Everyone's so busy. You need to be busy. If you're not busy, then you're nobody. Like yeah. our culture caters to that. And trust me, Dale and I are busy people. We've got, we have plenty of things we can fill our time with, but this takes priority. Yeah. You don't go and say that Jesus Christ is Lord and priority, but then throw him on the back burner. Um, if he's priority, you'll make his word priority in the morning or whatever time of the day uh, we do in the morning and at night. That's kind of our, our system. Um, I want to give you another scripture, 1 Corinthians nine twenty seven. Uh, this is Paul saying, But I discipline my body and keep it under control, lest after preaching to others I myself should be disqualified. Paul saying, Man, I put my flesh into subjection of my spirit. I discipline my body. And so again, even Paul does this stuff. You know, he, there's, there's things Paul talks about in Romans. The things that I want to do, I don't do. The things that I don't do, I want to do. Like he, he's, he's in the same dilemma. I want to read the word of God. I want to get in prayer. And for some reason, I don't want to do it. But the things that I do want to do, I don't. Like it's just this back and forth battle in your mind. Mm-hmm. And so it's very common. Um, in Matthew 26, 40, uh, 40 through 41, Jesus says, he says, then he came to the disciples um, and found them sleeping and said to Peter, what? Exclamation point. Could you not watch with me one hour? Question mark. Watch and pray lest you enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. A lot of people misinterpret this passage of scripture thinking that Jesus is saying that his spirit is willing, but his flesh is weak. Um, I think when you read the context of the passage, and I checked several commentaries, like uh, I'm actually going to read you John Calvin's commentary, and that's not what's what it's saying. He, Jesus is saying to them, the disciples, that their spirit is willing, but your flesh is weak. You keep falling asleep. I'm here in the Garden of Gethsemane, sweating blood, getting ready to go to the cross. I asked you to come be with me, and you keep falling asleep to pray. And, and so... He's, he's saying that the spirit is weak, but your flesh is, or your spirit is, is willing, but your flesh is weak. And so I want to read you real quick, just John Calvin's, um, and I'm not like a big Calvinist guy, uh, but I appreciate John Calvin's commentary, so I'm going to read it. Um, I just say that because sometimes people go, oh, John Calvin, this Dale must be a Calvinist. That's not what I'm saying. Um it's, he, he writes on this scripture, the commentary in this passage, that he, uh, 
that he may not terrify and discourage his disciples, he gently reproves their slothfulness and adds consolation and good ground of hope. And first, he reminds them that though they are earnestly desirous to do what is right, still they must contend with the weakness of the flesh, and therefore that prayer is never unnecessary. Wherever, or wherefore, this admonition relates properly to believers who, being regenerated by the Spirit of God, are desirous to do what is right, but still labor under the weakness of the flesh. For though the grace of the Spirit is vigorous in them, they are weak according to the flesh. And though the disciples alone have their weakness here pointed out to them, yet since what Christ says of them applies equally to all, we ought to draw from it a general rule that it is our duty to keep diligent watch by praying for what we do not yet possess the power of the Spirit in such a measure as not to fall frequently through the weakness of our flesh. And so I think John Calvin's going, hey, <laughs> you, this is a constant battle with your flesh. It's weak, and we need to constantly lean on prayer. Mm-hmm. And so if you're struggling to stay consistent, you got to get into the on your face and on your knees and go, Lord, give me strength, draw me and fill me with your Holy Spirit so that I can walk in the Spirit and desire the things that you have for me. Yeah, and if it if it helps, being consistent is hard for us too, but we do prioritize it. It is a priority for us. Um, yeah. We are consistent. Um, but yeah, our flesh necessarily um, will struggle with it. Yeah, often. if you're tired, you know, mm-hmm. like I, the kids were hard. Your brain's overwhelmed. I studied all day. Yeah, things you like know. that. So, but we, but we do prioritize it, and we are consistent, um, not because of our own self will, but because the Lord has met us each time. We are faithful in seeking Him, and in these moments of unity um, with the Spirit, we're we're so rewarded. It feels so rewarding mm-hmm. um, that we begin to see the value and the enjoyment of our fellowship time with God. Yeah. Um, and Dale's actually put together a really great quiet time routine. Um, that we're actually going to be turning into a journal later this year. But until then, um, start in prayer, as Dale said, read a, a chapter a day. Um, just do something. Keep it simple. Um, yeah. In a good Bible, uh, bring a notebook, write down things that pop out to you, um, things to be praying for, things that the Lord is revealing to you, um, and ask the Lord to reveal um, to you his truth. Mm-hmm. Um, in Proverbs eight seventeen, it says, I love those who love me and those who seek me diligently find me. And then uh, another quote that I wanted to share was um, an A.W. Tozer quote. And he says, um, to have found God and still and to still pursue him is the soul's great form of love. Yeah, I think this is a really important. I wanted to stop on these two things that you just said here is that one is that Proverbs eight seventeen says those who seek me diligently find me. That's a theme throughout the scriptures is like diligence, diligence. Yeah. Um, and I, I think it's uh, second Timothy two fifteen. be diligent to show yourself approved to God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. And that, that idea is be diligent to show yourself approved to God that you're not a worker in his kingdom that needs to be ashamed, but you've actually taken the time to study and you're rightly dividing the word of truth because you understand it. And so that's something I just, I, um, I believe that's Second Timothy 2.15. Um, okay, question number two. I'll read this one and then Veronica's going to answer it. I'm so tired of being single and I really want to be married. We hear this a lot. 
Any tips on how to deal with this season or end this season of singleness, I'm assuming? Hmm. Well, first off, I'm sorry. I know that waiting period is so hard. Uh, I can only imagine how tough it is um, for both men and women. And then um, over the years, Dale has really talked a lot about this and how it's become a huge problem um, and quite complicated today. Mm-hmm. Um, but single people generally have three things working against them. First, uh, the church isn't teaching men how to be biblical men and women how to be biblical women. Yep. Um, instead, the church is adopting the egalitarian view of gender that has been pushed by the culture. And uh, gone are the days where teenage girls desire to grow up and to get married and to have children and become a mother and a wife. And like, think um, about how like rare that is. I don't think I've met anybody. Who, I, I mean, mean, not only anybody, our, very few. We've had a few families that mm-hmm. we've seen, mm-hmm. but it's, yeah, it's not a common thing where you get like a 13 year old girl or a 15 or 16 year old girl that's excited to, yeah, just most to get of married. them. They're just like, no, I don't want to get married. I don't have kids. Yeah. Um, but yeah, instead the girls today grow up and they desire a career and, maybe want to have maybe one kid when they're 35. Um, This way of viewing womanhood, which is really just fueled by the feminism movement, has removed the need for a man to provide and to protect a woman. Mm -hmm. Um, In today's world, she can provide and protect herself. Um, And then ultimately, the church is not forming forming biblical gender roles in the hearts of young people, and we're seeing this as a result. Hey, Dale Partridge here. I recently heard a disturbing statistic. Only 11% of Christians have read the entire Bible. Now, we can't wonder why the church is being influenced by the culture more than the culture is being influenced by the church. The vast majority of Christians don't know God's word because they've never read it. We cannot live out what we do not understand. So Veronica and I want to challenge you right now to read the Bible in one year. We've put together a basic 365-day reading plan that'll take you no longer than 20 minutes per day, and you can download it for free at relearnchurch.org forward slash Bible. Again, that's relearnchurch.org forward slash Bible. Yeah, and I just think about this, you know, what you're talking about here is, is that as a man... If, if, if culture at large is saying, you know, women can provide and take care of themselves, but for times past, like a man would grow up and look for a woman to care for. Like his, the woman's dad would care for her until he handed her off to her husband. That was the idea of giving her away mm-hmm. because her dad would provide for her and protect her and lead her until the moment that the husband took over that role. And now it's like the women just kind of do that on their own. They don't need a man. You know, I ain't no need no man. What's that? What's that? <laughs> yeah, that was a <laughs> couple years ago, babe. <laughs> Anyways, so um, yeah, th- this idea is hurting. It's hurting the men. The men are literally mm-hmm. going, you know, what? what's the purpose of me... Um, trying to provide or protect for these women. And I'm not saying that, that it's all the women's fault because we're going to talk about the men next, but that is an interesting point. For sure. Oh, is it me? Yep. 
Okay, second, um, I guess I'll talk about the men because I'm a man. Uh, the men's side, we have a porn epidemic. So this is the second thing. So first thing was biblical roles, men and women you're dealing with. And then the second thing you're going against these poor situations for these singles is that the men have a porn epidemic problem. 95% of men outside of the church and 60% of men inside the church are looking at porn on a regular basis. You go outside in the street and you look at a guy, nine out of 10 of them are looking at pornography on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. Inside the church, you look across the crowd and six out of 10 guys are looking at porn on a regular basis. It's like 40% for the women. It's really, really sad and really gross. Um, And what this is doing is actually removing for the men God's natural tool for marital acceleration. Mm-hmm. When you want to have that, when you have that sexual desire that's good, that's from the Lord, but you continue to release that sexual desire in front of a computer, where's the desire? The, the, the desire is lost to go pursue a woman. The motivation. The motivation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The fuel, the, the way to get there. Um, you just kind of put it somewhere else. And that's, that's a big deal. That's a, that's a big cause of this singleness epidemic. You know, why get married when I could date around, stay free and, you know, have masturbation at complete freedom on my own time. That, that is to be frank, what's happening in a large case in the church. That's how these guys can remain single for so long because if they were holy men not looking to uh, commit sexual immorality, they would be very motivated to start speaking to women and start getting in a relationship. And that's, again, I believe God's design for it. It's just one part of it. And um, again, I really want to warn the men. Many men are going to stand, these men that call themselves Christians, they're going to stand before the Lord uh, and be turned away because of their unrepentant hearts and how they made porn the Lord of their life and not Jesus. And so I just, mm-hmm. I'm very particular about this conversation around porn because I know how destructive it is. Um, and there's an article that we'll tell you about when we close <clears throat> the session that you guys can go and take a read uh, on our website. The third thing that you're dealing with in the single epidemic, uh, from my perspective, is this extended adolescence in men. Um, first, Adolescence is an invention of the 20th century. Uh, before the 20th century, you were either a boy or a man. There was no like middle ground area. Adolescence is this way of the culture to um, sanitize adult boyhood. It's a word to kind of make us be more comfortable with adult boyhood. But the reality is that's what it is, is that Men are remaining boys for long periods of time. They're not becoming men. Moving out, growing a beard, and paying your rent doesn't necessarily make you a man. And we like to believe that those are like, oh, I got a job, and I moved out, and now I'm a man. Um, providing for yourself is a, is a big part of it. It's an aspect. It's an aspect mm-hmm. of it, yeah. But manhood is much more complicated than that. We actually did a series on manhood, if you haven't listened to that as well. Um, the average age right now for men moving out of their parents' house is between 25 and 30. I heard the age was like 28 a few years ago. That was several years ago. Yeah, and the average age of marriage for a man right now is 29 and a half years. And so it's really sad. So you combine feminism and kind of remove the need to really care for a woman because they care for themselves. Um, you combine that with pornography and combine that with... Um, boyhood, adult boyhood or extended adolescence and you get singleness epidemic. 
that's really what's going on in my opinion. It's I think it's way more complicated even than that. But you, you're seeing this in the church and in the culture. Yeah, and in terms of practical help on the issue, um, we have a few tips. Um, so tip number one, Dale and I are all about online dating. All about <laughs> For it. For some reason, Christians are so afraid of it. And I think if you're truly longing for someone and you just haven't been able to find that person in your community or through friends of friends, um, use every tool available to you. Obviously use wisdom and discernment in who you're going to be meeting up with. Um, but yeah, we're just, not against online. We have a couple in our church who met online dating. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. awesome. They're married now. Mm-hmm. Married, have a baby. Um, point two, um, when you go on dates, do it with married couples. Mm-hmm. This actually helps to remove any fear of marriage um, as you have the opportunity to see it played out in the lives of your married friends. Mm-hmm. Um, number three, don't date somebody unless your goal is to be getting married. If you can't see yourself, I mean, sure, go on a date or two, maybe three, but by then you should be able to know, like, does this person have potential to be my husband or not? Yeah. Um, so, oh, yeah, you wrote that note already, mm-hmm. and I... Didn't see that. Um, number four, uh, stop basing everything off of looks. Looks fade. Mm-hmm. I'm getting <laughs> uglier. You've gotten better looking, actually, <laughs> since we've gotten married. Um, looks fade. Character is what remains. You know, what is it? it's in Prover- uh, It's at the end of Proverbs you, 31. Uh, fleeting. Uh, no, no. Sh- fleeting. Sh- I just had it memorized. Ah, you messed me up. Uh, darn it. I had it there. Um, beauty is vain. Charm is, de- charm is deceitful, beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Bam. Boom. Got it. I knew I knew it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'm not saying that you shouldn't be attracted to your spouse. That's definitely important, in- important and that's what generally draws you to somebody. Um, I'm just saying don't idolize the physical, but focus on their spiritual health. Yeah, Veronica told me that I was ugly when we first started dating. Did I say that? No. <laughs> oh, I was like, oh my gosh, I never knew. Oh, don't say that. That's not true. Um... <laughs> Number five. <laughs> uh, lastly, men need to stop being afraid to speak to women and to go ask a girl out on a date. Yeah. Um, guys, come on. Mm-hmm. There's actually like several good looking guys that um, are single young men that have known you or um, been to Bible studies or something. And like, oh, I, there's this really pretty girl. I'm just afraid to ask her out until it's like, do it. You're a, this is a part of being a man. Go ask her out on a yeah, date. Yeah, you're 23. Go get this done, you know? <laughs> and uh, we actually have one couple, yeah, that's that's potentially maybe going to get married at some point because there, there was just a conversation of, you sh- should you go ask her on a date? Go do it. Ask her on a date. And it's looking really positive right now. So I think a lot of the problem is that men just need to step up and just start asking. And I think a lot of women appreciate that. I think so. Yeah, that's at least from my, from my understanding. Yeah, and then um, a lot of women today want to know how they can preparing be preparing themselves for marriage in the meantime. I get that question a lot. And I think a big answer is by doing what you're doing right now, listening to biblical podcasts, preparing yourself for marriage, studying what it means to be a biblical woman and also to be a biblical man. Um, so that way you know what the word call to action is for you. Totally. Mm-hmm. And yeah, be well-versed in it. That's how you prepare yourself for marriage. Be around other married couples, you know, care for other people's children, serve them so that way you can see what it's like to be a mother briefly, you know? Yeah. Um, those are all great steps to practically preparing yourself. To be, yeah, to be a, a godly 
wife and mother. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, another thing is, uh, I actually wrote an article that you can read on relearnchurch.org for the ladies titled how to find a godly man in a godless world. So you can go and check that out. And then men, I mean, men and women, if you have an issue with pornography, but I, this is, this article is directed to the men. I mentioned earlier that I wrote an article and it's on pornography on our site. And it's called why praying for the strength to quit pornography won't help you. And it's a, Pretty intense article. I think it's probably all of my theology that I have on pornography. It's available for you guys. It's been read by tens of thousands of people. And I, the comments and the emails that I've gotten about this article, about how the truth of Scripture has set people free in this area, I just recommend that you take a peek at it. Totally. And uh, yeah, men and women, because a lot of women today really struggle with it too. I definitely think you guys should go check it out. Um, I've heard tons of positive feedback as well. Yeah, so hopefully that was helpful. Again, <clears throat> getting consistent with your quiet time. And then the last thing is how to be single well. So hopefully those are helpful answers for you guys. Um, again, if you guys would consider leaving us a review on the podcast, it would be, uh, we'd be blessed by that. And uh, thank you guys for joining us every Wednesday. And <laughs> we have a bug killer in our studio. <laughs> Whoever just is watching this on YouTube is probably like, what is wrong with Veronica? It's so funny. It just zapped It zapped box. really loud and scared me. So yeah. I like jolted. Anyway, <laughs> sorry. Anyway, so thanks for listening, guys. We'll see you guys next Wednesday. See ya. Take care. Hey, Dale Partridge here. You may not know, but Real Christianity is actually an audio ministry under our nonprofit organization, relearnchurch.org. Our mission at Relearn Church is to bring the church back to the Bible. And secondly, to relearn what it means to be the church in the world. Now, we do this in two ways. The first is we offer a library of biblical articles and sermons, as well as a variety of podcasts and videos completely free to the public. Secondly, we offer seminary-grade curriculum and workshops to train Christians on how to plant biblical house churches and missional communities. As of now, we need your help to meet the demands of our annual budget. If our work or this podcast has been impactful in your life, would you prayerfully consider supporting Relearn Church financially? From $10 per month and up, every little bit helps. If this interests you, you can make a tax-deductible donation at relearnchurch.org forward slash donate. Again, that's relearnchurch.org forward slash donate. Thank you for your consideration. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Real Christianity. Real Christianity is an audio ministry of relearnchurch.org. If you'd like more information on how to live out a biblical life, relearnchurch.org hosts a variety of articles, podcasts, sermons, and videos to support your journey. Real Christianity is a 100% listener-supported ministry, and if you'd like to support our efforts, simply click the Donate tab at relearnchurch.org. You can also connect with both Veronica and I on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter for daily lessons and Bible teachings. Thank you for being with us today. We hope to see you next Wednesday for another episode of Real Christianity.